We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. I'm really feeling it! Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky, and we're going to have some fun today. It's going to be more weird-centric, I think you'll find, but um, yeah, that is part of what I cover, so we'll have some fun. As usual, we're going to get started with what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net and our buddy Jade Farrow has finally woken up and started posting some of his series to the site. Um, we have one, two, three, four full series uh, provided by Jade Farrow including Final Fantasy VI, Mega Man X6, Mega Man X5, and Doki Doki Literature Club. That's uh, over... Over 50 videos available right just there. Other than that, we have two new videos of Final Fantasy VII by Jason. Uh, Jason also brings us uh, a video for the Low Bias Monthly for August, which is Commander Keen Games. Uh, he has uh, given us a little taste of the first. Uh, well, not the first, the fourth rather, Commander King game, the first of the second arc. Uh, goodbye, Galaxy. One video there. And uh, Scarlet brings us a uh, low bias monthly for not August, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Don't remember exactly which one it was. May. Games not part of a series. Uh, the Last Cargo is the one that he has brought us for today. So stick around, we're gonna have some fun, we're gonna listen to some music, we're gonna do some weird stuff, and I'm gonna stop talking like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, yeah, that's what we're doing, except maybe not be talking so I, so nobody can understand what I'm saying. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, so let's get this party started.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Dave Wise. It is called Forest Interlude, and it comes from today's game from the archives. Donkey Kong has been Kong-napped by the nasty K. Rule and the Kremlings, and it is up to Diddy Kong and his girlfriend Dixie Kong to save him. This is Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. It is an action platform game for the Super Nintendo originally. Uh, Developed by Rare Limited, published by Nintendo and released in 1995. Uh, The second installment of the Donkey Kong Country series with some polish to it. Um, There's a lot more interplay between Diddy and Dixie as there ever was between Donkey and Diddy. Uh, such as one can throw the other one around as a weapon or also as uh, trying to get to um, special areas. Uh, A lot of things going on there, a lot of collectathons, a lot of stuff, and Scarlet went through some of that stuff. Seven episodes also featuring his friends Truax and Thunder Buddy. Uh, That is on lowbiasgaming.net. Check it out. Thank <laughs> you. 
Marmalade by Commissar, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird. I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, As mentioned before, I am uh, looking for something here that is similar to news of the weird in format. Uh, but not actually news of the well, in format and content, but not actually news of the weirds. So I'm not doing the same thing as Electric Leftovers. If you have any uh, leads on that, uh, let me know. It's on Twitter at Square Sim S Y M. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and uh, some of these might not jive well with all audiences. Uh, this segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, so. So take that as you will. Our lead story, hair today, gone tomorrow. That's what I mean by not suitable. That was a terrible pun. I might mean some other things too, sometimes. Anyway, armed thieves in New Delhi, India, left a craftsman deep in debt after they made off with 500 pounds of wigs and raw hair worth more than $20,000 on July 27th, according to the Associated Press. People think wigs are cheap, but they cost a fortune to make, wig maker uh, oh boy, Jahangir Hussain said. In fact, he had borrowed more than $17,000 to buy hair last month from South Indian wholesalers. India exports wigs and hair extensions to the tune of $300 million a year. Much of the raw elements are collected at Hindu temples where people shave their heads as a religious sacrifice, a practice called tonsuring. That was a lot of hair. Our next story, the imperfect seatmate. Chicago cellist Jingjing Hu a a student at the DePaul University School of Music, found herself being escorted off of an American Airlines flight on August 2nd after trying to return to to Chicago from Miami with her instrument. Who paid in advance for an an extra seat for a cello worth almost $30,000 and housed in a hard case and had no trouble on her flight from Chicago to Miami, where she participated in a music festival, but on her return trip after boarding the Boeing uh, 737 and settling herself and her cello into their seats, a flight attendant approached her and told her she would have to leave the plane because the aircraft was too small for her instrument. Who was booked on a flight the next day on a 767? American blamed the incident on, quote, a miscommunication, according to WBBM-TV, but whose husband, Jay Tang, said, I don't think we did anything wrong here, and I think the way they handled it was humiliating. That is some great respect for your instrument, and I commend you. As for American Airlines, eh, problem solver. Well, not American Airlines, but this next story, perhaps. The list of offenses was long when Franklin Williams, 32, appeared in Cuyahoga County, Ohio, Common Pleas Court on July 31st to be sentenced for aggravated robbery, kidnapping, theft, 
misuse of credit cards, and more, including cutting off his ankle bracelet late last year and fleeing to Nebraska, where he claimed he was hit over the head and lost his memory. But it was his courtroom behavior that spurred Judge John Russo to call for an extreme measure. During the, the hearing, Williams would not stop talking, even interrupt, excuse me, even interrupting his own lawyers repeatedly over about 30 minutes. Finally, Russo ordered deputies to tape the defendant's mouth shut, reported Fox 8 in Cleveland. Williams continued to talk until deputies applied more tape, and finally Russo sentenced him to 24 years in prison. Run in your mouth a little bit in court. Eh, can't really tell what was going on in his mind, but maybe it had something to do, to do with losing his memory and thus remembering that doing that is not a good idea. Anyway, so many questions. And also this next article. When an employee of Sarabeth's restaurant in New York City opened the walk-in freezer door on August 5th, a man jumped out yelling, AWAY FROM ME, SATAN! and grabbed a knife from the kitchen which he used to threaten restaurant staff. Carlton Henderson, 54, of Cave Creek, Arizona, struggled with workers, but eventually fell unconscious when, when, uh, and he was transported to Mount Sinai St. Luke's Hospital where he was pronounced dead, the New York Post reported. Authorities don't know, one, why and how he entered the freezer, and two, why he died, but they did determine that he was charged last year with two 1988 cold case murders in Boston. He had been released on bail the week before the freezer incident and was scheduled to appear in court on August 14th. What? Away from me, Satan? I don't know. I remember when I was in college, we were working on this one game where this guy thought he could see demons and was potentially a demon, or maybe he was just in, you know, in a padded cell somewhere banging his head against the wall. This has nothing to do with that, but I thought I would mention that just in case. Our next story, Ripe. West Valley City, Utah has a malodorous mystery on its hands. The community stinks. Literally. And for the past year, officers, uh, sorry, officials have been fielding complaints about the smell, which City Communications Director Sam Johnson describes as a musty sewer smell that you can s smell in certain parts of the city stronger, according to Fox 13. The city has now launched a campaign recruiting residents to help pinpoint the source of the odor. If you smell something, say something. They're hoping more complaints will spur Salt Lake County and Utah's Department of Environmental Quality to take uh, to investigate and take action. Well, that stinks. Uh, here's a bright idea for you guys. Uh, why is your name that? Zamarcus 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 Devin Scott, 18 of Texarkana, Arkansas, really wanted to attend a rap concert in another, in another state. So on July 4th, he executed his plan to get there. 
Scott was seen by Texarkana Regional Airport security officers around 2.30 a.m. jumping a fence and trying to get into an American Eagle twin-engine jet parked there. When police arrived, Scott was inside the cockpit, sitting in the pilot seat, the Texarkana uh, Gazette reported. Scott, not a licensed pilot, not a licensed pilot, singular, told officers he thought there wasn't much more to flying a plane than pushing buttons and pulling levers. Hmm. On July 31st, he was charged with commercial burglary and attempted theft. He has been grounded at the Miller County Jail. Technology has gone a long way, but I mean, it's a freaking jet. Anyway, it's kind of reminiscent of, you know, a kid wanting to pretend how to drive and so sitting in the driver's seat of their parents' car and go, vroom, vroom, vroom. Anyway, nerd alert, it's a me. Um, also, who knew? Apparently the unofficial, quote, uniform for Bay Area techies and venture capital investors is a vest. So the Japanese company Uniqlo, I hope I pronounced that right, is cashing in with a vest vending machine at the San Francisco International Airport. The airport's public information officer, Doug Yakel, says the machine is no joke. It earns $10,000 a month on average. Do the math. Mm, excuse me. Do the math. At $49.90 apiece, the company is selling about 200 of its ultralight down vests each month. This is the first time we've had clothing available for sale from a vending machine, which we thought was very unique, Yekel told Business Insider. I mean, I haven't been to Japan, but as far as I've heard, there is a lot of stuff that gets sold by vending machines. There's things that you wouldn't even expect to be sold by vending machines. Go look it up. It's kind of fascinating. Our least competent criminal for the week, the Baltimore Sun reported that a driver's license, ex a driver's license examiner in Glen Burnie, Maryland, got a whiff of something illegal on August 6 when she approached a car about to be used in a driving test. She called Maryland State Police, who found Reginald D. Wooding Jr., 22, of Baltimore waiting in his mother's car to take his test. But he never got the chance. Wooding was in possession of marijuana, a scale more than $15,000 in suspected drug-related money, and a 9mm Glock handgun with a loaded 30-round magazine. So... I have... I, I realize that you just want mobile sales, guy. But you might want to wait until after you get your license, that's all I'm saying. Compelling explanation. In Blufftown, South Carolina, 32-year-old Lauren Elizabeth Cutshaw informed police officers she was a former cheerleader, sorority girl, good student, and National Honor Society member after they pulled her over at 1.45 a.m. on August 4th for running a stop sign at 30 miles an hour over the speed limit. According to the Island Packet, she also told officers she shouldn't be arrested because she's a very a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. Yeah, that's what it says. She said she'd had only two glasses of wine, but then allowed, I mean, I was celebrating my birthday. Police arrested her anyway and booked her into the Beaufort County Detention Center. 
Happy birthday, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter if, you're, if it's your birthday or not, or if, you, if you're the most straight-laced person in the world. Be careful about drinking and driving. Avoid doing it. Questionable judgment. Farah ha Hashi, 25, of Newport, Wales, is mad about cars. So while he was dry, uh, while he was visiting friends in Dubai, they arranged for him to drive a $350,000 Lamborghini Hurricane. Hashi, who has one leg shorter than the other and typically drives a custom Vohal Corsa mobility car, took full advantage. He was caught on roadside cameras 33 times in less than 4 hours on August 7th as he reached a top speed of 150 miles an hour and racked up more than $47,000 in speeding fines. Farah's brother, Adnan Hashi, said the rental company went to Hashi's hotel room and seized his passport after the fines were issued, so Hashi is stuck in Dubai until the mess can be sorted out. There is no way he has that money, Adnan told the BBC. He is out of work at the minute and went to Dubai to visit friends. As a note, that um, story was from two days ago, so he's probably still stuck there, which is kind of a bummer. Our last story for today is suspicions confirmed. Airport security at Berlin's Schoenfeld Airport evacuated a terminal on August 7th after spotting suspicious content in a luggage piece during a routine x-ray, according to CNN. The bag's unnamed owner, one of unnamed people, isn't there, was summoned, but reluctant to identify the mysterious items, calling them just technical stuff. After an hour-long investigation involving the bomb squad, the 31-year-old traveler admitted to federal police that the items were sex toys, including a vibrator he had, a he had brought along for his girlfriend. He was allowed to proceed with his trip, and the terminal reopened shortly afterward. Hmm. Let's move on, shall we, to the weather for uh, this week. Finally, that... Uh, absolutely awful uh, heat wave seems to have broken at this point and the temperatures are going to be more reasonable albeit a little bit cloudy this week currently 28 degrees with a humidex of 33 and partly cloudy here in Halifax looking at a low of 13 tonight with a 30% chance of showers Saturday August 11th mainly sunny and a high of 26 going down to a low of 16 degrees and partly cloudy at night Sunday, August 12th, cloudy with a high of 26, going down to a low of 14 degrees in cloudy periods at night. Monday, August 13th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 24, going down to a low of 18 degrees at night and cloudy. Uh, Tuesday, August 14th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of 24, going down to a low of 17 degrees at night and cloudy. Uh, cloudy for the rest of the week. Uh, Wednesday, August 15th, a high of 23 and a low of 17. And Thursday, August 16th, a high of 22 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And let's get some more music going, shall we?
That was Radiant with The Eater of Pomfrites. Weird name, I know. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and this is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. Um, and a little bit more weird right now. I found a thing, which inherently is not weird, but the thing I found is weird. And I will share that thing with you in a segment I like to call I Found a Thing. I know, so original, right? Um, so one would think that... A lot of injuries and even fatalities that happen in um, zoos tend to happen probably from, you know, big cats, bears, you know, things like that. Animals that we envision to be aggressive. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe a lot of the, um, the, in- the injuries and all that are caused by zebras. It's true. I have an article here from PBS.org. I would cite a um, an an author here, but there's no author listed, so I guess we're just gonna actually Jared Diamond. There we go. I found it. Jared Diamond wrote this. Perhaps the most pu- puzzling question Jared Diamond encounters as he investigates animal do- animal domestication is why were no large mammals ever domesticated in tropical Africa. Africa, south of the Sahara, is home to the richest diversity of animal life on the planet, including some of the largest mammals on Earth. So why did the Africans never domesticate the rhino? Why did they never farm the hippo, the elephant, or the giant wildebeest? Perhaps more strangely of all, given the importance of the horse to to European history, why did tropical Africans never domesticate their own species of wild horse, the zebra? Zebra are closely related to the, to the domesticated horse, sharing a genus, Equus, and a common ancestor. They stand nearly five feet at the shoulder, live in small family groups or herds, are sociable, herb, uh, are sociable herb, herbivores, there we go, who breed well in public and live in harmony with mammalian neighbors like antelopes and wildebeest. They are even strong enough to carry an adult human on their backs. Zebras are notoriously are also notoriously difficult to catch. They have evolved superb early warning, warning mechanisms, such as peripheral vision far superior to other horses. Often bad-tempered, they grow increasingly antisocial with age, and once they bite, they tend not to let go. A kick from a zebra can kill, and these creatures are responsible for more injuries to American zookeepers each year than any other animal. Pity the poor human, therefore, who might try to domesticate a zebra in the wild. During the colonial era, some adventurous Europeans tried to harness this African horse. Lord Rothschild famously drove a zebra-drawn carriage through the streets of Victorian London. Yet, these creatures were never truly domesticated. They were never bred and sustained explicitly under human control. Why is it so hard to tame the zebra? Survival of the the fittest. 
Zebra and other African game evolve characteristics to help them survive one of the harshest environments on Earth. Africa was the birthplace not just of humanity but also of much of our planet's plant and animal life. Species remain on this continent rather than migrating to new lands, evolved alongside one another, one another for millions of years, becoming highly attuned to this predatory nature of, this, of their environment. Sharing their habitat with some of the most dangerous predators on Earth, including lions and cheetahs, leopards and hyenas, uh, natural selection forced uh, force African wildlife such as the zebra to evolve clever survival techniques. Similar antisocial characteristics have prevented the domestication of other African wild game. Rhinos at over 5 tons in weight and immensely strong could have been terrific beasts of burden for African farmers. Just imagine the sight of a rhino-mounted cavalry. Yet, rhinos are spectacularly bad-tempered and unpredictable. Although they have poor eyesight, their senses of smell and hearing are especially acute. Despite their bulk, rhinos are remarkably agile and when provoked into a charge, often by a little more than an unfamiliar smell or sound, an agitated rhino can reach speeds of up to 45 kilometers per hour, even in dense undergrowth. The hippo could also, could also have offered unique agricultural and military advantages to African civilization. However, the hippo's aggressive nature, crushing jaws, and four and a half ton size make them deadly. They're also extremely territorial. Males often fight to the death over control of a harem. Hippos are said to account for more, than hum for more human deaths throughout Africa per year than any other mammal except maybe the lion. A pattern emerged. African herbivores, I can apparently not say that word, were simply too aggressive for her, for <laughs> they were simply too aggressive for human control. Elsewhere in the world, mammals evolved in isolation from human interference. After all, man only lived outside of Africa for a fraction of its of his existence on Earth, around uh, 50,000 years. When man arrived in Eurasia and in the Americas, native herbivores were by nature less cautious and more receptive to human control. But in Africa, man and beast have evolved alongside one another for millions of years. Uh, large, mammals, large mammals have learned to avoid or, if necessary, attack human beings, resisting capture with some of the most sophisticated physiological characteristics on Earth. And there it is, and there you go. What one would think, I one would think, yeah, you know, zebras are a sort of horse. They're probably bound to find a, a few um, particularly chill ones now and again. But although those probably do exist, they're really hard to find, and also you're risking just running into your run-of-the-mill zebra that is just going to kick your face in if given the chance. And pretty much the same goes with all of these animals. Of course, as far as far as hippopotamus goes, well, maybe the African type are going to be quite aggressive. And maybe that's why you need to look out for the North American house hippo. I'm sure anyone who knows what that is 
is smiling right now or perhaps groaning. Anyway, that is what I had found for I Found a Thing. So let's get to some more music here. And uh, yeah, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Solar Bear featuring Drip with My Life is a Triathlon and I'm the Slowest Kid on the Playground. Yes, that is the name of the song. A lot of weird song names today. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. (laughs) 
Now, back a million years ago, while I was in high school, um, at one point I had a project um, where I just had to find a subject and write about whatever I, whatever it is I wanted. It was more of a practice to use Microsoft Word, um, but also kind of trying to figure out, you know, the whole, you know, writing thing. In my case, French, because I went to a French school. But, um, in my case, I had uh, written about weird yet interesting facts. Now, I, I don't think that I have that, um, that project anymore uh, that's lost to the ages. But I figured, since there are some weird laws that happen... I've seen a few weird laws, the news of the weird, actually. In one case where... Um, someone had set a law, I believe it was uh, making it illegal to collect urine from toilets or some such, or to break them in order to do so. Anyway, it was specifically um, put up for one person to prevent them from doing what it is that they were doing, although they found a way around it anyway, so it didn't really matter. Anyway, I have found a list here on Narcity Vancouver, um, which is um, which was made by Paige Sierra, of 36 uh, strange laws you didn't know existed in Canada. And I figured we can probably take a look at a few of these and try to figure out um, why these might be um, why these might actually exist. Um, let's start with one in British Columbia. In British Columbia, it is illegal to kill a Sasquatch. Hmm. My guess is there are some people putting themselves in dangerous situations and possibly uh, endangering other people, endangering the wildlife, in order to try to... Um, locate and then subsequently kill a Sasquatch if such a thing exists and so they decided to call in a law for that to prevent such people from doing so. A lot of these laws pretty much will only apply to like one person and I doubt are really ever enforced other than for that one person. Uh, like, for instance, also in BC, it's illegal to own more than four pet rat rats at a time in Port Coquitlam. I'm guessing a rat infestation happened as a result of someone owning five rats or more. Current law in Alberta states that it is against the law to paint a wooden ladder. Now, why would it be against the law to paint a wooden ladder? I guess if it, if it like gets really hot or something, the paint might start to melt and it will make the ladder slippery. But if it's a wooden ladder and it's really hot, then it's a fire hazard. I don't know, man. Um, also in Alberta, rails to tie horses must be provided by businesses in Alberta. 
I have a friend who lives in Calgary. I need to check with I need to check to see if they actually do this. Not necessarily whether or not this is enforced. I just want to know whether this actually happens, whether there are some businesses that have rails to tie horses. Anyway, moving on to Ontario. In Oshawa, it is against the law to climb a tree. Well, I guess that makes sense. If you're not careful, you can end up stepping on a loose branch and breaking uh, the branch and possibly some of your limbs. So that's not so bad. In Quebec City, it's illegal to swear in French. Specifically in French. You can swear in English all you want. You can throw as many Ferguses as you want. It's not gonna be not gonna make any difference. I would propose an example at this point of French swearing, but this is an afternoon show. I'm not going to do that. In Fredericton, it is against the law to wear a snake or carry a pet lizard in public. Hmm. I mean, I suppose that they can possibly, you know, break away and start a scare. If it's a constrictor snake, then I can kind of see there would be a problem there. If it's just, you know, your average, you know, regular size snake, then, well, and even if they break away, they might end up taking care of that rat infestation in, uh, in uh, Port Coquitlam. Here is one for home. It is against the law for taxi drivers in Halifax to wear shorts or t-shirts. I have no idea, people. I really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot possibly think of why that is the case. I guess someone might have been a little too liberal with their clothes at some point? If anyone knows why this is the case, feel free to send me a message on Twitter at SquareSim if you have any other interesting laws that you've heard of, such as this, at SquareSim on Twitter, you know, let me know. Just don't challenge anyone to a duel. It doesn't matter where you are in Canada, it is illegal to challenge someone to a duel or to accept an invitation to a duel, so everyone be friendly out there. And maybe that's why Canada is so friendly. We're not allowed to duel. Well, okay, we are allowed to duel. I guess. But we are not allowed to challenge to a duel or accept the challenge. Anyway. The important thing is, don't try to scare the queen in Canada unless you want to be arrested. This, this all it comes down to, right? Don't, sca don't scare the queen. What has, what has the queen ever done to you? Right? Anyway. Um, that's about all I have time for, so... Yeah, let me know if you know exactly why t-shirt and shorts are banned for taxi drivers or any other strange laws that uh, you might have heard of. That's at SquareSim on Twitter. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get some music going.
and that was Return to the 80s by Anders Anger Jensen from the album Retro Grooves Volume 1. And that brings us to the end of our broadcast for today. Don't worry, I will be back next week. I um, think I already know what I'm going to be covering. I have obtained a copy of Octopath Traveler and um, perhaps I will give my opinions on that game. Perhaps something else, but the only way to find out for sure is to tune in next week. So let's wrap things up as we always do around here. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McMeal Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Nimiki, Noriyuki Kamikura, Simon Woodington, Pink Project, Pink Projects, Gigandect, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour Sun and Sea at 7 p.m. and the Nighttime Podcast at 8.30. Comments, questions, want to get your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know. And I'll see you guys next time.